0: Burn the Box, a portal to the world of hidden truths and untapped power. A sanctuary where together we unmask the oppression hidden in the shadows far too long. Unscripted, unplanned, unrehearsed. Stay tuned for Powerful Conversations thought-provoking insights as we ignite the sacred rebellion of the global majority. Let's begin this incredible journey together. Welcome to Burn the Box, your host, Dr. Sonali Deepika. Welcome to another episode of Burn the Box. Today, I have my beautiful friend and colleague, Nara said, known as Nat, <laughs> who I've had such a pleasure to actually meet in person in Chicago when I was visiting. So
1: Welcome, Nat. <laughs> thank you, Sonali, for having me. <laughs> oh, thank you for being
0: here. I'd love to know What's alive for you around this whole concept of burning boxes, expanding out of places that feel constricted and contracted (laughs) Mm. or anything related to that?
1: For me, it's that richness of my exhale when Mm. I see myself stopping contorting my body Mm -hmm. to fit into a tiny box of social identity whether mm. that is the asian identity the immigrant identity the gender identity of a mm. trans experience mm. and I can just burn all of them and let that fire alchemize my oppression mm. into my liberation and i can just expand and take up that space
0: mm. Thank you. I felt the what came through was the full permission given yourself to burn all those boxes, to be who you are, to express your true essence in the way that you choose. That doesn't fit into any, any one of probably so many boxes, but the three that you mentioned, especially.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. Ah, it feels good to share that with you. Thank you for asking. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm curious if there's one of these boxes that's really feeling very present right now, or was maybe it was the hardest one to navigate, or what comes through about these three boxes?
1: Yeah. I feel like I'm happy to burn them down (laughs) at any moment. Gladly. Gladly, ready to do it. But I also have in my purse, backup Mm. boxes, just in case I need to put myself back in those boxes for safety. Mm.
0: Yes
1: where I might have to put myself in the trans women box and use Mm -hmm. my cisgender passing privilege Mm -hmm. to appear very feminine, very pretty, to be be perceived as non-threatening to the person in front of me. Mm
0: -hmm. So when I need Mm -hmm. to protect myself,
1: to code switch and stay alive, Mm -hmm. I'll just go back to my backup box. Mm-hmm. But when I feel safe enough and connected enough with the person that I'm with, like you right now, mm-hmm. I can just put my backup box in my purse and just be me. Yeah.
0: Well, so that you're speaking to that, that we can have the backup boxes that we can do. We can choose when we want. Maybe we don't even want to, but when we need to when we have to, when it's about survival, when it's about protecting ourselves, when we need like that extra armor, extra, Mm. you know, kind of like buffer there, we can choose it, but then we can put it away because we want it burned.
1: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, because when I was a young trans woman, Mm-hmm. my life was all about what would I wear that morning mm-hmm. to look feminine what mm-hmm. lipstick color how I'm going to wear my eyeliner mm-hmm. and that was all my life was and I don't want my life to be just about the lipstick color and what mascara to wear mm-hmm. I want to live right? Yes. so the the ability to be able to put the box back and put myself back in it. And like you said, choosing. Mm -hmm. That just, that feels really good. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah,
0: There is a a spaciousness about that, an expansiveness and an aspect of liberation where we can sometimes choose to go back into the box or to, to present in a certain way when it best serves us, but to know that we are not that box or that we don't belong in that box, that we are are so much bigger.
1: Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. When I work with parents to weave in social justice action into their day-to-day parenting, we always talk about that contortion that we all have to do as a part of our survival strategy. Yet Mm -hmm. surviving, it's not all of who we are. We are Mm -hmm. so much more. Yes,
0: yes. so much of our, like what comes with these boxes, right? The conditioning and the defenses that we have created. We need for survival out of self-protection. So much of that. It's just so good to know that we can choose, you know, that we don't have to have all of that. We don't have to live in that way.
1: That there Mm -hmm. is a choice,
0: that there is discernment.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I just had a conversation with a close friend that, oh, we're so quick to label. Yeah. You know, like, oh, that person is so anxious, that person is depressed. Mm -hmm. And then that's the end of the journey. Mm -hmm. And we forget that, oh my gosh, that label gets so decontextualized like there's so much more Mm -hmm. about why that person has to use that anxiety as protection or survival strategy and what's the totality of the humanity of that person Mm -hmm. it's so much more than that anxiety Mm -hmm. so much more than that label Mm -hmm. right yeah
0: yeah as you're sharing what was coming to me is like the layers, right, the depth and the, you know, what we uncover when we peel back layers or kind of go to excavate these mm. aspects of it. Like, yes, anxiety is a surface thing. It's something that showed up in response to who knows how many different experiences and what's happened with our nervous system, what's happened with our defenses. It also what you referred to earlier about the lipstick color and stuff like that, what people see and was, you know, something to reflect how you wanted to appear, but there was, there's like so much more to that whole experience that was like just the surface.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: I'm curious a bit more about the work that you're doing with, that you mentioned social activism and parents.
1: Thank you for that curiosity, Sonali. Because
0: it does sound I, like that's burning boxes in a way with oh, these parents. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes, the imagery that's coming to me, it's I hand each family a box of matches yeah, and a little bottle of kerosene. And I'm just like, here you go. It's a gift. <laughs> Burn your boxes but, when it's safe. So that's- I what love
0: Yes. yes. I love that. You have permission yeah. to burn your boxes.
1: Yes. Yes. Like, here you go. But it, it started in 2007. I was back okay. home in Thailand and I was working on the street as a sex worker with my mm-hmm. trans sex worker colleagues yeah. at the time yeah. and we started socially organizing to protect ourselves and for safety it was looking back right now knowing more about social justice we mm-hmm. were practicing harm reduction and transformative justice before we knew what those terms were
0: before there were any boxes for those it was just like
1: you were doing it wow yes yeah yes we found ways to keep ourselves protected, safe, and connected. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then I started working with parents and children, mostly children on the spectrum. And I just love it. Mm. I feel like in the children on the spectrum that I was working with, I get to see different aspects of their behaviors that were often misunderstood. And I got to really be curious about, oh, what are you communicating? And what are your unmet needs right now? Underneath Mm -hmm. the hand flapping, underneath all the humming Mm -hmm. that their parents did not understand. Mm -hmm. And and then there's tension there. And I got to be the children's advocate, supporting Mm -hmm. parents to understand who their children were underneath all of the behaviors mm-hmm. and that's when i fell in love. Mm-hmm. and mostly sonali to be honest i think supporting parents to love their children when they didn't fully understand their children just yet like i saw parts of myself in those children that mm-hmm. i was not ready to love like parts that were too much too masculine too different and supporting parents to love those parts in their children. Like I got to, like you said, have that permission. I think that's what it was, to love parts of myself too. That's so tender. Thank you. I feel it I Feel it in my chest. Yeah. I feel the, the warmth. Yeah. Mm.
0: I was <sighs> feeling an expansion. I was feeling tears in my eyes. And I was feeling like... And we each do that for ourselves, like really grow to be curious and to look, to witness and to see if we can love like all these different parts of ourselves, right?
1: Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Just Mm -hmm. witnessing how they love their children in their own ways. Mm.
0: Now it's making me curious because I was looking at some of your work, like through your Instagram, I noticed, I became very curious about this reparenting, like a social, was it social justice reparenting or social, it was a reparenting, something of that nature that I saw and I was like, I'm really curious about that, the reparenting. And as you're mentioning now, like how this came from that parenting of of children on the spectrum who do have behaviors that are not accepted and are not conventional. They're not acting the way we think a child should be acting. Yeah, I'm really curious about how this, if you could speak to that a little bit, or how this evolved, because it does feel... Really tender how that allowed to look at parts of yourself and the reaction I had with because clearly there are parts of myself too. Yes. But I'm like, oh
1: yes. Yeah. And that's when I started to see that, oh my gosh. People who are raising children, they, in addition to surviving, they have to do so much of their own healing at the same time. And I'm just so in awe by how much love they put into their children Mm -hmm. and in exchange into their own inner children, parts of themselves that they had to leave behind to blend in and belong in their family. Mm -hmm. So people raising children are at such pivotal, dare I say, strategic Point in their journey mm-hmm. to heal and become whole again and to take a step Ooh. further to practice social justice and yes. model that to their children like who would have a better fertile ground to plant seeds of social justice in the next generations than those who are with children mm-hmm. so I'm humbled Deeply, deeply humbled, Sonali, to support parents and caregivers to do this work. I owe it to the disability justice movements who taught me to respect the mad, the crippled, the disabled, and not just stop there, right? but to really kick ableism in the butt and see that those, quote unquote, non-desirable or undesirable bodies are not disposable. Mm-hmm. Right. There can be a beautiful portal for our healing. Mm-hmm. And I owe it to transformative mm-hmm. justice for sure. Mm-hmm. And weaving that into my work, it's it's everything. I hear my ancestor says it's about time. Yeah, so it's <laughs> yes. I'll, I'll stop there. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: yes. Hearing you share about your work and, and how you've allowed yourself to start somewhere with these children to allow that to impact you, with their parents, to look at parenting in such a, I don't want to say beautiful, but it's also like a truly transformative process if the parent can really engage in what's happening between them and and the children and this as I say this it's like I'm brought back to my my previous life when I was in Chicago you know working with a lot of children and families because I don't have children myself Mm -hmm. but it is like if a parent is open to allowing their child everything that comes up with that child which is challenging and testing and triggering and like all those things if they can allow if they can stay with that and be curious about their own process and allow themselves to change and shift and look at well what they're holding what they have brought to this it's
1: so powerful it, really it is. is it really really is and it's so juicy and yeah. complex and nuanced and challenging and I love every second of it <laughs> and you're that. right. That I just want to ground it in reality, right? Like um, I talked about the the intentionality behind the work. It's what my ancestors want me to do. But at the same time, the parents that I work with, they tell me that okay, Nat, it's all beautiful. I want to do it, and I have five minutes waiting for my child to finish pooping on the toilet. So what social justice action can I do, right? So they have limited time, (laughs) big intention, Mm -hmm. right? And sometimes limited resources, Mm -hmm. but we get it done. We Mm -hmm. peel those layers, we get to the root of it. We talk Mm -hmm. about capitalism and colonialism and white supremacy Mm -hmm. and patriarchy, Mm -hmm. shaping how you're parenting your child and Mm -hmm. slowly we unlearn, we drop into the body. We notice different cues and Mm -hmm. we do it five minutes at a time while their kids are pooping. We do it. (laughs) Oh my God. I mean, for anyone
0: who thinks that change isn't possible or social justice isn't, they don't have time or something like what you just shared. It's like, there's time. You got five minutes.
1: Yeah, You got five
0: minutes while you might be moving yourself on the toilet. Exactly. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> like we we oh, find right. possibilities together. Mm-hmm. We yeah. struggle together, and we find hope together yeah. in this like tiny daily practice of social justice mm-hmm. in the home. Sonali, like mm-hmm. I see parents turn on the news, yeah. and they they're mm-hmm. stuck in that freeze mode of mm-hmm. holy, I don't know if I can swear in your podcast, oh, yes, like, go ahead. holy shit, right? Like I'm raising my kids during this racial awakening, pandemic, climate, apocalypse, mm-hmm. violence everywhere. They're in this freeze state mm-hmm. and these tiny actions get them to mobilize and metabolize whatever's stuck Mm -hmm. and then they get to see Mm -hmm. oh it's manageable that a simple act of shifting from power over to power with with my child right or with myself first and telling my child that you know what i see you and i hear you but i just need three seconds to take one full breath because i'm about to pop off do you want to do that with me if not just give me three seconds Mm -hmm. then we can go fix your dinner. Right? That's being your own self-ally. Yes. That's modeling to your child how to not be a savior, but how to be in solidarity with yourself. And that little action, Sonali, it's, it's what keeps us going and what keeps parents in mm-hmm. my community going. Yes.
0: Ooh, I was just talking to another coach and someone I have just connected with on Instagram, an Indian coach who... Does like yoga, Ayurveda, and, and we just said one of those things, most of social media. I'm not like usually into me, I'm there, but like I love when you can connect, you know, that that's fun to me. And we we went back and forth because she had some questions um, about the work she's doing and, and things like that. But this concept came up when it comes to making change, which is what you're mm. giving examples of. Um, that I had learned from another teacher some years ago from Japan, like it's a Japanese concept of kaizen, like taking, making the small, like if there's a big change, okay, if that big change may be like, there's so much resistance, I mean, it's so hard to make a big change. I'll just give us a simple example of, you know, you're waking up, at, I'm waking up in the morning at eight, but I wanna wake up at six, but my gosh, that's like a huge change. So the yeah. Heisen idea would be like, okay, hey, we'll wake up at 7:45, start there." you know?" And I'm just hearing that concept and what you're doing with these parents, because it's like change is possible. Change is available. And like with social justice, which is huge, you can do it in these little pieces, you know, these little
1: Yes. I often think of Tony Kate Bambera always when they talk about making the revolution irresistible, right? Mm. And it's irresistible and juicy and yummy in these tiny steps. Mm-hmm. Tiny, tiny steps, but very potent and very intentional. Like our teacher, Resma Menachem, talks yeah. about getting those reps in. They talk about that with. Yeah. I talk about it with parents all the time and and you can tell that I don't work out because I do reps like this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's in those little things, right? Yeah.
0: I love that you're teaching that and then you're getting to see the change that's happening, the impact that's happening to do these small things. Can you, is there any example of that that you could share in a family
1: maybe definitely
0: definitely I know I'm just asking that
1: putting you on the spot but it's just like I'm curious I'm curious (laughs) yeah I can share that right now and to your listeners I promise I'm not saying this to buy time for me to find the answer for Sonali and you like I, I feel the pressure to like you know in the front part of my body Mm -hmm. to like do perform and pick Ah. the perfect example to showcase my work to share with you that I'm legit and valid right (laughs) so (laughs) thank you for naming that that. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) exactly exactly and I have to like sink back into my seat a little, mm-hmm. like bouncing on my seat just to feel my sits bone on the chair mm-hmm. and remind myself that, you know what? I trust that whichever family comes to my mind and they're coming, right? Like it's it's the right one for this moment.
0: That's right. Right? That's right. Yeah. And we're talking about these little Changes these like five minutes here, five minutes there. So, anyone that you're working with will be yeah, next to
1: home. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so, there's a dad that I used to work with in my seven week social justice parenting and inner child reparenting program. And he's just exquisite in his awareness Mm. he's beginning to name little things that he's noticing in his body Mm. he feels the urgency as like heat in the back of his neck when the words that are about to come out of his mouth was you must to his toddlers that you must clean up after eating dinner you must go to bed at this time and have a bedtime routine. You must, you must, you must. Mm -hmm. And once he begins to notice like the little bodily cues leading Mm -hmm. up to you must, Mm -hmm. which holds so much urgency and pressure and charge, like that gives him a cue to work with me and pause and be curious. Where did that you must come from? And he's like, okay, I grew up in a very strict household and there were rules that as a child, I needed to follow. So I want to pass that on. I'm like, okay, great. What else? Yeah. And then we reflected back like, huh, where do you think your parents got these rules from in their generation? And if we think about the broader social political context, and he was able to reflect, oh, you know, they grew up in the Jim Crow era in the deep south. So these rules that centered obedience and compliance were there to make sure that everyone in the family was protected and safe from racism as much as it could be. Yeah. And racism is still here. And we could reflect together that, oh, so there's the real intergenerational family need to prepare and protect your children, your little mm-hmm. toddlers, right? Mm-hmm. How do you want to do it now that you get to write your own parenting script? Yeah. And he said, you know what? I'm gonna keep the, the you, you must, because that's important, but I wanna add my own flavor to this script of parenting that I'm rewriting. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that my two toddlers know that I'm not just here enforcing rules. Mm -hmm. But when they're sad, I want to tell them that, oh, if I were you and I couldn't eat ice cream during dinner, I would feel sad too. Something that he didn't get to hear from his parents, Mm -hmm. but he wants to break the cycles, right? And make it his own way. So the little things, Sonali, in this example was starting from noticing some cues in the body Mm -hmm. as a way to pause and reflect on the intergenerational family patterns and perhaps internalized oppression wounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And start to heal those wounds, rewrite some family scripts, and find ways to realign this dad's parenting with his own values yeah
0: that is so powerful thank you for sharing
1: thank you for holding space yeah Yeah.
0: i just suddenly had this like i mean i've left i'm not going back also (laughs) to my former career but if i were in that i would love it would be so beautiful to collaborate you know it just is like this is the work that you're doing. It's it's so like healing of the intergenerational trauma. It's like taking it to like these small, small, somewhat appear small, but it's like really huge to re to guide a parent to slow down enough to to witness and have an awareness of who. This was what was coming because that came from my parents and probably their parents, and probably their parents, you know, like it came down this way. And I have that, that power to be able to shift, like Mm -hmm. that gift to the children, not having to hold all of that that most of us have, you
1: know. Yes, (laughs) yes. And I, Like 15 years of doing this work, Sonali, I feel like we want to prepare and protect our children. Mm -hmm. The ways that we had to overlearn when we were little, Mm -hmm. how to prepare and protect ourselves from our caregivers, rejection, humiliation, criticism, right, and also racism, oppression, all the isms, you name it. And sometimes it comes across as you must Obey and do as I said. And I feel like the honor of my work is simply holding the mirror for parents to see oh my gosh, you love your child so much, so, so much. And I wonder if we can find a way for you to love your child from the scar and not from the wound. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That's
0: amazing. I feel. There's something that comes up of, um, it is like a joy. It is, again, like heart center and expansive, but a joy that I feel for all these parents you're working with and everyone who's getting to experience you yeah. and your essence and what your lived experience, including all the somatic abolitionism journey that we've been yes. on.
1: Yes. yes yeah i feel excited so now you're like mm-hmm. how can i not love the parents i'm working with right like they're raising their kids in a pandemic and you know with all the uprisings and all of that and i'm like oh my gosh yeah it's an honor to be a trans auntie in the village and supporting <laughs> them you know yeah <laughs> yes
0: oh i love that so much
1: the village yes <laughs> yeah and the somatic abolitionism piece that you just mentioned mm-hmm. wow to to hold space for parents to just connect with their body for for three seconds and then shake it off right and mm-hmm. then we do it in small bites mm-hmm. That was so Mm -hmm. transformative. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: thank you so much. I've I've just really enjoyed. Well, I really enjoyed getting to meet you in person, and (laughs) I'm really enjoying getting to connect here. And I'd love for you to share where people can find you um, and if there's anything that you want to share about your work that you're offering to invite them to.
1: Thank you, Sonali, for asking Mm -hmm. all of my information. Um, All of my information is, I had to think about my website for a second, is at comebacktocare.com. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. including the seven-week program that I hold and do online with a small cohort of social justice curious families. Mm -hmm. And also my Come Back to Care podcast, where I talk about social justice, reparenting inner child, apply to parenting and social justice organizing. It's really fun. Yeah, I love that.
0: And we'll have all of this all of your information in our show notes, but yeah, I'm so glad you went to, just to share that so anyone is listening to to be able to get it.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Sonali, for holding space and for your curiosity and kindness and reflecting it back, what I do and what I embody. I mm-hmm. I, I wish everybody had that. That person to reflect back and hold that little mirror, right? Like, look at your own divinity and beauty. So, thank you for doing that.
0: Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you. Thank you. And just an awareness that you're doing that for so many people as well. It's beautiful. It is a way of allowing people to see their expansiveness and that they don't fit into. We can choose to fit in boxes, like we said, but they, they're not a box. They're not in a box. Their essence mm. is far, far bigger.
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you, Sonali. So much fun burning boxes. and Yes. Doing all of that <laughs> with you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening and being a part of the Burn the Box movement.